Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The Bible speaks about marriage and about the marriage life in many places. And it's common for people to select their own favorite passages on this most personal of subjects. How often, for example, do husbands anxious to establish their authority quote such verses as Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, where the Apostle Paul says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. While many wives might prefer to remind their spouses of verse 25 in the same chapter, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. But Peter also speaks of marriage, and may in fact offer one of the most excellent passages in all of Scripture on the subject. Speaking to the husbands, he says in chapter 3 of his first epistle, Husbands in like manner dwell together with them according to knowledge, as with the weaker female vessel, assigning honor to them as also to fellow heirs of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Francis Ball has joined us today as we join the Apostle Peter in his word to both husbands and wives on this subject. Francis, good to have you here and uh, your experience and your wisdom to complement what we're about to hear. Well, I do thank the Lord for such a word as was given to us in Peter and to give us a balance of our relationship with our wives. Yeah. I think this is probably much more applicable than uh, sometimes we make Ephesians chapter 5 <laughs> uh, a matter of choice, Right. which ones you want to emphasize. But Peter seems to bring the two together, I think, in this message more so. He does, and um, we have this expression in this verse we just read here, chapter 3, verse 7, Fellow heirs of the grace of life. Uh, What a marvelous word, Francis. I mean, we might get stumbled or we might get stopped uh, in that verse only going as far as as with the weaker female vessel. Of course, this uh, uh, ruffles a lot of feathers in the current age that we live in and the climate of uh, equal rights and such things. But uh, we really would, I think, prefer, even though we will touch that portion of the verse, we prefer to really focus our attention on this matter of pursuing together as joint heirs or fellow heirs, the grace of life. I think that's the bullseye in our message today, isn't it? I really feel this is very necessary, especially among us who are believers in Christ. We have another life, and we're partaking of this life in an equal way. And I feel this is a marvelous word to us. Francis, one of the things we'll come to in this first portion, as Witness Lee picks up this verse 7 that we've been talking about and this expression, fellow heirs of the grace of life, It really is a clear reference back to his earlier word in chapter 1 of the first epistle. In verse 4, he said, Unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and unfading kept in the heavens for you. Of course, here he's talking to us as individual believers, not as married couples. But the clear reference to this inheritance, this unfading, incorruptible inheritance that's kept in the heavens, it's heavenly in its nature. And now he presents this as really the goal and the primary objective of the married life, 
that we would become joint heirs and participants in such a uh, inheritance. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll come back to uh, have a bit more fellowship on this point. Now we come to the marriage life, assigning honor as to the weaker female vessel, as also joined heirs of uh, the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Talking about marriage life, Peter uses this kind of excellent, topmost expressions. Husband and wife, you both have to realize you are co-heirs of what? Grace of life. There is a wonderful item in this universe that is termed the grace of life. And this is so solid, so real, so substantial that we can inherit and we can be heirs. Even the husband and wife can be co-heirs to such a solid, substantial grace. Grace of life is just the triune God processed and becoming the all-inclusive, life-giving and indwelling spirit. Such a trying God within us is the grace of life. And we, both husbands and wives, are what? Are co-heirs. We inherit together such an inheritance, such a proper inheritance. And this is included in the inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heavens. This is included in that inheritance. And now both are heirs, co-heirs of such an inheritance, the grace of uh, life. Francis, I really, um, rather than talking about and getting stuck on this matter of the weaker vessel, etc., etc., I really do have the feeling we should focus on this matter of the inheritance of the grace of life and joint heirs or fellow or co-heirs on the grace of life. Uh, we don't want to take our eye off the mark here, do we? No, that's right, Chris. I feel like this is very important because many Christian families or Christian couples have a big problem in this area of not realizing that they're both joint heirs, not you're an heir and I'm not, but we're joint heirs right. of the grace of life. And this grace is of life. Brother Lee brings out that the grace of life is really the triune God himself yeah. as the life-giving, compound, all-inclusive spirit who is dwelling in every believer. So to have this uh, grace as our focal point, we realize this is a joint inheritance. We are joint heirs together with one another in this wonderful grace. In a program last week, a couple of programs actually, that also dealt with this matter of grace, we saw how Peter presents it in the context of the sufferings that are part of everyday life for all people and all believers. But particularly for believers, this matter of grace becomes the enablement, the empowering to really live still a kind of excellent manner of life, even in the presence, even in the midst of sufferings. 
well, uh, all of us, I think, who uh, have some years of experience in the marriage life, this is a very appropriate presentation, isn't it, on uh, the grace of life being an active ingredient in a proper marriage. It must be something very practical. I would say, in one way, a down-to-earth application of a heavenly reality. So we need this kind of realization and this kind of experience to uh, even suffer through many things and still enjoy Christ as the grace of life. Sometimes um, the Lord seems to particularly use our family situations. Maybe not just our husband-wife relationship. It might be our children. But in any regard, there's a vast arena here of opportunities that the Lord uses to bring us to not just the ability or the endurance of suffering, but to bring us to himself as this grace of life, as you said, as the triune God, the process triune God within us as the life-giving spirit. Uh, And this is really his focus many times, isn't it, in allowing these things in our environment to uh, sometimes become haywire, according to our uh, estimation. Yes. Between couples, there can be all kinds of troubles created by uh, different opinions about our life, even our Christian life. Mm -hmm. But we need to be brought always back to the Spirit, where the Spirit of God is, and be able to realize that we are equal partakers of this grace. And this will see us through all kinds of problems that don't need to distract us, but really enhance our enjoyment of Christ and enjoyment of one another. Francis, we're actually in this portion at the beginning of chapter 3, quite a long portion, about 12, 13 verses total, but we're looking at this section as a whole, dealing with marriage and the marriage life. But now let's come back to verse 1, because verse 1, Peter actually, it seems like quotes almost verbatim Paul's word that we read at the beginning of the program in Ephesians chapter 5. In like manner, Peter writes, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Paul's word in Ephesians 5 is, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. So uh, really no difference at all here between Peter and Paul uh, on this point. And uh, as I said in the program uh, opening, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, maybe this is the husband's favorite part to uh, pick up these kind of verses and remind their wives of this admonition for uh, them to be subject to their husbands. But uh, there's a proper context in which we're going to see that today, isn't there? Yes, there is, because it is customary, particularly with self-important husbands, (laughs) to want to enforce this word on their wives, that you were told to be subject to me. And they put themselves in a position of being the boss, but not much uh, realization that she's one with you in this. Right. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee as we pick up this matter of wives being subject to their own husbands. Verse 1, in like manner. In what manner? (laughs) In like manner. Like what? Like the manner mentioned in 2.18. Household servants, submit yourself or subject yourself to a master. So, not only the servants should subject to somebody, the masters, even wives. Wives should subject yourself to the husband. In like manner, wives, subject yourself to your own husband. Of course, I remind you. Peter said the same thing as Paul. Paul also used the word own. Many ladies, they appreciate others as a man. Have you found why? Because <laughs> your own husband 
stays with you too close, too long. All his defects, all his shortcomings have been exposed to thoroughly. And the other man never stayed with you. You know the story. When in dating, every lady got cheated. In dating, both parties wear masks. The girl is so nice. In dating, her voice just like music. <laughs> But after wedding, out of sudden, this musical girl thunders. <laughs> This shocks husband to death. Oh. Lord, have I made a mistake? Isn't she so musical? The Lord says, "That's your choice." <laughs> And so many wives, after marriage, found out. They all got cheated. In dating, a mask is there. You thought this young man is a hero, at least a gentleman. But after waiting, living together for three months, I surely no doubt have made a big mistake. <laughs> What should I do? Do the best by the grace to subject yourself to your own husband. And the same thing. Don't love other ladies. Love your own wife. Francis, as it turns out, I happen to have、uh, two daughters in my house that are both involved in courtships and both have upcoming、uh, marriage plans, and、uh, so I've been giving them advice that、uh, I believe I heard Witness Lee say it in a message some years ago. But it's right along the line of what we're hearing, and that is that during this. Period when they're just kind of dating, courting, getting to know one another. It's good to have your eyes wide open. You want to see everything you can about this other person. But as soon as you、uh, take that step and tie the knot, then you close your eyes for the rest of your marriage life, don't you? That really is good advice. I had a phone call just a couple of days ago from a brother, young brother in another locality, who was、uh, had fallen in love. Yeah, and he was wanting some advice of how he should proceed. I really was hesitant to give him much advice, but I asked him to keep his eyes on God's intention,、mm. on what he had given himself to, and to be considerate of God's purpose in all his relationship. Not be carried away by emotion, but I think what you've given here is very good, and that is to keep your eyes wide open during the courtship time, and then be willing to be blind. <laughs> to all these things that you thought were certain way, and、right. they turn out to be different.、Right. Better forget that. So、uh, this is really not so easy. But once the choice is made, as Brother Lee said, that's your choice, and we stick with it. And this must be it. And then it's a matter of that、uh, grace of life entering in to get us through the hard spots that are no doubt there. Interesting how both Paul and Peter insert this word own. Yes.、Uh, yeah, be, that one little three-letter word conveys thousands of words of meaning, doesn't it? Submit yourself to your own husbands. Love your own wives. Yes, it's very limiting. 
<laughs> and it must be so limiting if there's to be a peaceful situation and enjoy the the grace of life. Francis, I want to read now, uh, if I could, a few of these verses that we're talking about in chapter 3. I think the portion that's ahead in this last section is very, very meaningful to us, and especially to all of those who are married among us or those who would like to be or are considering being. Again, in verse 1 of chapter 3, Peter says that even if any disobey the word, this is talking about the husbands now, and it implies an unbelieving husband. If any disobey the word, they will be gained without the word through the manner of life of their wives seeing with their own eyes your pure manner of life in fear. Verse 4, But the hidden man of the heart in the incorruptible adornment of a meek and quiet spirit, which is very costly in the sight of God. And then verse 7, the one we have been focusing on here uh, somewhat today, Husbands in like manner dwell together with them according to knowledge, as with the weaker female vessel assigning honor to them as also to fellow heirs of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. These verses, all part of this marvelous section in chapter 3, dealing with the marriage life, really presenting it in a high, uh, elevated way, doesn't it? It certainly does, and it really applies to both partner. Yeah. For him to love her is to love his own wife, and for her to submit is to submit to her own husband. And you've already covered that matter, but this matter of... Uh, a life that really is the preaching of the gospel to the partner is very, very important. A woman, even though she may be uh, weaker, as it says, yet she is living a life that is really under the control of the Spirit. And this way, she is really preaching the gospel to him by her living. Mm. And even if he doesn't believe in the Word, he will believe her conduct. He will believe her living. And this can bring him to the Lord and to life. Wow. Let's go back to Witness Lee for this last section, Francis. That even if any disobey the word, that means the word of God, they will be gained without the word from God through the manner of life of their wives. No one can inspire your husband so much as you can do. Not through preaching, just through a manner of life. You have to live a manner of life to inspire your husband. Verse 2, observing your pure manner, your husband observes your pure manner of life in fear. Why your life is so pure? A kind of a chaste, holy and pure man of life whose adorning let it not be the outward plating of hair and putting on of gold or clothing with garments not this kind of adornment but the hidden man of the heart what is the hidden man of the heart that is a, a meek and quiet spirit. That is the adornment. And that should be the adornment of all the wives. Now, the husband, in that manner, this bothers me. <laughs> Household servants subject themselves to the master, and wives subject to the husband. Now, husbands subject themselves to whom? 
My opinion is subject yourself to your wives, and I believe Peter means this. Then you say, "Oh, brother Lee, your teaching is altogether contradictory." Well, Paul didn't say clearly that the husband should subject to the wives, but Paul did say clearly, "Husband, honor." Your wives in Ephesians. Not only the wives should honor the husband, but the husband should also honor the wives. Not only so. Even Paul says, eventually in Ephesians five, Paul says, "You all have to submit yourself one to another." So you people who are concerned so much for the human right, don't think the Bible. It's not so wise as you are. The Bible is wiser. The Bible always keeps everything balanced. I tell you, the proper practice this: the wives should respect and subject themselves to the husband. To the husband, you have to subject yourself to your wife. Francis, as you look at this verse,、uh, it begins as he said, "Husbands in like manner." It is a little bit ambiguous. It's not so clear exactly what the like manner is that's being applied to the husbands. But we've just heard his opinion. I would have to say, from、uh, the thirty-plus years of marriage experience that I have had, I tend to agree with his opinion. I have no question about my wife's being subject to me as her head, as her husband. But I know our marriage works best when there's a kind of a mutual honoring, a mutual respecting, and a mutual submitting one to another. How about your experience? I can certainly say that with many years of married life, I feel like we really miss the boat if we husbands have、uh, an idea of being superior to our wives and being the boss of the house.、Uh, there's a sense in which decisions have to be made by the husband. Right. And in that sense, she should submit herself to her husband. Right. But in the sense of human beings enjoying the grace of life, if they don't、uh, mutually honor each other in this matter, then there can be nothing but trouble. But I can testify that to have a wife that really honors me, and I feel I'm learning to honor her、Amen. in the same way,、mm-hmm. then this gives a real balance to God's word. And the God's word is always balanced, and especially in this matter, we need to see the balance, so the husband doesn't run off with the authority and try to be something that he really wasn't intended to be. But he could honor his wife and enjoy with her the grace of life. We both have the same life, the same Savior, the same overseer, and the same marvelous God in us to be our shepherd. In every way to bring us on in this life, and this way, if we honor this in one another, we will have a pleasant, enjoyable, sharing life. You know, as the、uh, head of the household, the head of the marriage unit, as the head of the family, we do bear a responsibility as the males. But again, in my experience, Francis, when I am living in subjection to the Lord as my head, 
I find that the submission part for my wife becomes much easier for her, for my kids, even it seems like for my dogs and cats. If uh, if I'm living under a kind of a headship and a kind of a proper submission to the Lord as my head, uh, the order just seems to be a lot easier to maintain. Well, our children are all grown, so we don't have that uh, kind of balance uh, as a frame of reference right now at this time. But And I don't have any dogs and cats. So I do believe that what you're pointing out is very real. If there is that proper submission on our part as husbands, there will be a much easier way for the wife to be subject to us if we are subject to her and give honor to her. Well, Francis, uh, I think uh, I come away with this more inspired, particularly as a fellow heir, really pursue this matter of the grace of life in all of our relationships, in all of our contexts, in all of the environments that we find ourselves in. Good to have you participate and be a fellow pursuer of the grace of life with us today. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much, Chris. It's always a joy to be with you. We hope you would uh, contact us to get the printed life study messages. Uh, Actually, we covered two life studies on this matter of marriage today. If you'd like to get the two life study messages in, well, actually get all of them for First and Second Peter, you can do so. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to find out about how to receive these printed volumes, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. We'll return tomorrow. We continue in our life study of First Peter. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry publications, call today, toll-free, 1-888-543-3788.